Hi everyone, Air here. Today we have a special guest. And more importantly, today we're gonna to talk about love, relationships, and even the relationship that we have with ourselves. I have a British man with us named Jacob Lucas. And if nothing else, you're just going to adore his accent, but he has a ton of knowledge to share with us. Welcome to the show, Jacob. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be on. So right off the bat, I kind of instantly fell when you started talking, but I know that that's kind of a sweet spot for females as we fall for accents. What is it that we should be falling for whenever we instantly meet somebody? Yeah, don't be fooled by the accent. A lot of people like the British accent, don't they? I, I don't know why, but if you go to America, having a British accent is like having a cheat code. I don't know why, um, but it just is apparently. So, um, but yeah, so accents, obviously it's, it's cool if you find accents attractive and whatnot, but what you should be falling for is people's personality. Like, you know, things that like um, excite you, are they engaged in conversations? Do they make you laugh? Do you have a good time with them? A big one as well is do they bring you peace and not, not chaos into your life? Of course, you've got to have that, uh, you know, that physical attraction to somebody as well. I feel like in the dating world, a lot of um, people preach, if you don't have that instant spark, then you know, pursue it a little bit further, see where it goes. I disagree. I think you need to have the full package. I think people settle too much. I think you should have that full package of when you meet them, you're like, wow, you're really hot. And they have a good personality. I feel like if you're like, mm, they're okay, then I, personally, my, in my own opinion, I think that like it won't work because that spark isn't there. And I think that spark is something that you cannot ignore, that physical attraction, but makes it have a good personality as well. So that helped me a lot because now I can ignore your accent for the rest of the show and we can get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> um, <so> <laughs> okay. With that, tell us a little bit of your background. So you are not in the UK right now. You're actually in New York. And um, what led you kind of being here and like deciding you wanted to be a dating coach? So the reason I want to be a dating coach is um, I, start, I, I studied a lot of psychology, actually, a lot of psychology. And I've always found like psychology of attraction because I found it, you know, just very interesting. And then it really did snowball from there, effectively. Um really random i used to be a professional boxer back in the day um i wasn't a very good professional boxer but i used to be one um but what happened was is i stopped doing that i got extremely like nearly died ill um so i stopped doing anything you know like the box in the boxing side i always say psychology always i thought you know what i've always wanted to be a dating coach and i always always want to help people find love as well but because i thought i'm gonna die anyway I might as well just do what I've always wanted to do and help people at the same time. Because um, I think, that, you know, being in love is most important, one of the most important things in the world. Um, then I start putting my stuff out there and people really resonate with it and think and thought, wow, this guy's really done his homework. He's good at what he does. Um, and it snowballed from there, really, um, to, you know, being, you know, viral on the internet lots of times with different tips, being on TV, well, and now I'm here on this podcast, you know what I mean? Like I've been in newspaper articles, lots of different things. But um, I just always want to help people find love. It's so important, isn't it? Like so important, wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. And then the fact that you already mentioned like a hardship in there, I feel like you hit at the base of like where love starts. Like when you didn't have anything else, like you, like you had your health taken away from you. So how did you start uh, yes, loving horrific. yourself at that base level whenever you were sick? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, spiritual myself, very spiritual, religious. And I always think, you know, like, um, I always think, be grateful to God for what you have effectively. And there's always, no matter what you're going through, I feel like no matter what your religion could be or your beliefs could be, any, any, any hardship you're going through, you need to understand is a lesson for you to learn, you know? Um, you might not understand it at the time, and you might think this is really tough, but it forges you into something else, you know? Um, best, the best analogy for it is, um, the best way to make a diamond is to put pressure on coal. And then once you do that, you will become who you're meant to be. It's like it's like a, butterf uh, like a caterpillar going through metamorphosis, if you will. You've got to have that period where like, oh, I'm just whatever, like uh, on the caterpillar. And then you, you do kind of like um, 
have to go through like a stage where you're isolated a little bit from the world. You, you've got to work at your craft and then you become who you are. Um, and I think that was forced upon me, if that makes sense, because I love my life, absolutely love my life, love my job, um, love helping people so much in what I do. And it feels very rewarding, but I wouldn't have had that if I was not in that stage where I was really ill a few years back. I'm, I'm fine now, I'm absolutely fine now, but it was touch and go, but I wouldn't have had what I'm at now. So I'm very grateful to God for what I have now. And I'm very grateful to God for what I've been through. Does that make sense? Of course, I can actually resonate with that a lot. Hardships, I think- Have you been through something similar yourself? Oh, not illness. Um, my audience and everybody listening in um, is going to really relate to this because we have a lot of women on the podcast and um, yeah. I'm actually a human trafficking survivor. And so, Oh my, my goodness, that's story... awful. I'm so sorry to hear. Well, it's, it's great you're surviving, but it's awful you went through that. I'm so sorry to hear. Uh, I'm thriving, actually. I'm doing fantastic, but I really appreciate Good. that. Um, and so that was over 15 years ago. And that's what mm. I built my platform on. That's what I built this empire on is the fact that I had everything stripped away from me when I was kidnapped. Yeah. And yeah. my identity was completely shattered. My soul was just disassociated. And yeah. I was so thankful to get through the like entire time. But I had lost myself. And I had no identity within like my soul, who I was, and I really had to learn who I was for the first time and how to love myself before I can even start to have any sort of relationships with anybody, let alone like a romantic one. And so and it, I felt- You know what, it shows said, incredible strength, doesn't it? That shows, sorry to interrupt, but it shows incredible strength from, on your behalf um, to come back from something so you know, harsh and, and, and and tough to go through for you now to become you know what you what, what you've become is such a good um you know inspiration for people who've been through tough situations but i've done this you can do it you know you've got to be, you know it, it can happen for you you know so i think fair play to you i think it's incredible i love the colloquialisms the fair play I love <laughs> fair <it>. play <laughs> <laughs> you also i love the way you say mad like i'm 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 done with the accent. So, <laughs> but I feel like that's what really gets to define our values as well. Being through any type yeah. of hardship, it could be illness. Uh, we had a life coach um, on the podcast a few episodes ago. He was diagnosed as a quadriplegic. He was never supposed to walk again. So oh, like goodness. he overcame that. And he is now, um, like I said, he's a life coach. He's very popular and he's very um, amazing person to know. But those are my people. Like when I hear Jacob yeah. that like you've overcome something, like it does bring a lot of resonance into like the equation, but it also shows a lot of values, which 100%. when it comes to spirituality, like that I think is the key to getting a healthy relationship is to be able to find equal values or similar values. Oh, 100%. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think like, um, I always think it's really interesting. So when I'm talking to people and they say like, you know, I say, so, say to somebody, what do you find attractive? And they say, oh, this and that, whatever. I'm thinking, okay, then, then like ambition comes into play. I think being ambitious is a good trait to have. I think you should be ambitious. You know what I mean? I think I understand why it's attractive. Um, but a lot of people, I always think it's more impressive. Let's say, for example, if somebody was homeless and they work their way up to, you know, having a, a business that's making them, let's say, 50 grand a year. You know, comfortable life, you know what I mean, 50 grand a year. Um, but they were homeless before. That's far more impressive to me and shows ambition than somebody who, um, you know, ha had a very wealthy parents and then they just built upon that wealth. And I'm thinking that is, uh, that, that trait that person has will always beat the trait of somebody who, who was in that position. Does that make sense? Like, I think, like you said yourself, people who've been through complete hardships and they turn it around is incredible. Um, what's your original question again? I do, I, I'll go on tangents here. What was your original question, sorry? <laughs> so the spirituality when it comes to understanding ourselves mm. and the values that it connects with other people. like yeah, Oh, yes, uh, 100%. So... Um, if you've been through something yourself, 
you always resonate more with people who've been through that sort of thing as well. But there is there is a, a point where you need to be careful of this because a lot of people do trauma bond and it can be um, detrimental to um, a relationship. So if you've both gone through, let's say, I'm trying to think of an example, let's say you've gone through something hard and you've both been through something very similar and you start bonding over this. Well, is your relationship built upon, you know, you two liking each other or is it built upon mutual um, experiences and you can both relate to each other? Uh, it needs to be very careful when dealing with this, if that makes sense. Because if you, if you just, if you form a trauma bond with somebody like that, where you just, you, you, you know, you're bonded over the trauma you shared, then it can be um, a little bit, yeah, it's a sticky area to be in sometimes. You know, it obviously can blossom into something romantic, but at the same time, it, it can be a little bit damaging in the long run. But on the other side of the coin, if you've both been through something very tough, then you'll both, you know, have it and you come through the other side, you'll both understand that you're both hardworking, you know, you're ambitious, you have um, that drive about you to go from rock bottom and keep going up. And I think if you have that in you, you need to have somebody who matches that energy because there's nothing worse than being with somebody. If you're ambitious and you have a drive and you, you know, want to do the stuff of your life, um, there's nothing worse than being with somebody who doesn't have that because they're lazy or they don't do anything. If that makes sense, because it's just, it's very unattractive and it's very hard for that person to relate to you and you to relate to them. And it causes a lot of friction in relationships. Have you been for anything like that yourself or? So you kind of brought up a few things in my mind as I was listening to you. So there's, mm. yes, there's trauma bonds. Um, trauma bonds, I think, in two different ways. And then I also think about wounded matches. I don't know if you've ever heard about that terminology before, but the trauma bonds, there's the trauma bonds that you went through that situation with somebody. For instance, like yeah. COVID, right? Like you yeah. have a girlfriend and during COVID, you guys may or may not have been together, but I'm going to assume you guys were together. And that's a traumatic situation where you have to overcome this global pandemic together. And you can be better for it or you could be worse for it. But after it's over, that was the person that went with you through the mud, right? So yeah, like, yeah. that's a trauma bond. And yeah, then absolutely. there's also like the trauma bond aspect of, hey, maybe I was an orphan and maybe you were an orphan. So we both understand what it's like to be an orphan. But yes. I don't know if that's really a trauma bond or if that's a matching wound type of thing yeah so I, I agree with what you're saying yeah so when i mean trauma bond like yeah I, you do, I do mean going through stuff but it can also be like the after effects for example of um let's say you both suffered uh through something really tough but at different points in life but then you're meeting up with each other later down the line do you know what i mean and then you you connect it could be for anything like you connect later down the line but you're still going through um let's say you get a lot of anxiety through your past trauma Right, you've both been through similar trauma, you've both got anxiety. Now what you're doing is mm -hmm. you're going for like a different kind of thing together, but you're both anxious and you're both fueling that anxiety because of projection identification. Um, and that can and you you're pushing it upon each other when you're not meaning to. So it's kind of like an out effect of a trauma bond. It's probably the best way to describe it actually. But I know what you mean by by wounded uh, by wounded matches as well. Is they're kind of like um the same coin with different sides, you know? Yeah, like there's anxious, avoidant, disorganized, secure. We always want a secure yeah. attachment, right? That's the goal. Hundred percent. Relationships, I feel like these days, and okay. So to give you reference, because we were talking about this off air, but this is important for on air. Mm. Is I'm a single woman, business owner. You know, I'm late twenties, early thirties, and it can be really easy for me to relate to somebody that is also in a high demanding career that has that stress, has that type of, you know, energy. Yeah. And that could be our traumas. Like we understand what it's like to go through these things and we can let a lot of things go in our relationship or even take out, you know, frustrations from work onto the relationships. Yeah. But before we even get there, I feel like the dating scene, which is where you you know live the most is how do you find that secure attachment 
knowing that you have the society that doesn't exactly want you to um, heal yourself, heal your trauma before you jump into a relationship. We kind of have this society in America where it's like, sweep it under the rug, find your partner, live your fairy tale life, don't tell anybody about it. And that's yeah. why we have so much divorce, unfortunately. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a real problem. Like, I, I do think, um, let's say, for example, if you have anxiety, right? I don't think you should stop dating because you have anxiety. But what I do think is um, if, if it's something like really, if it's like really bad, I used to suffer a lot from anxiety myself, like when I was younger. I feel the best thing to do, as long as you're doing something therapeutic, like it could be therapy, it could be like something that's helping anxiety. Whilst you're dating, that's fine because you're taking active, um, you're taking action to, you know, to help yourself. But you can't put your life on hold because you feel anxious. Otherwise, people wouldn't, there'd be hardly anyone dating in the world right now. Um, mm. But at the same time, let's say you went through a really traumatic experience with a past relationship, right? And you haven't healed from that to a degree where you can manage it. Your, your, your thing, you're getting, um, you're acting on, you know, for example, let's say you have your ex cheated on you and you have trust issues, which is very normal from that situation. And then you haven't under, you know, processed that properly. Then you're going to go into a new relationship and push that upon the new partner when they're completely loyal and you might end up self-sabotaging that relationship. Um, if that's the case where you feel like you're at that point, you need to take your time before you do get into a relationship. Otherwise, you're going to end up being in just vicious cycles constantly of getting with somebody self-sabotaging breaking out of them and keep repeating that process until you have taken your time to heal away from that so i think with yourself it sounds really interesting because you say you're correct me if i'm wrong but you're you know you, you do well in business you know you're, you're a successful woman i i expect i come across a lot of women in the same situation as you and the biggest situation they have a problem they have is jealousy from from men and feeling emasculated when that's ridiculous isn't it you know um because if a man feels like he's okay. emasculated because yeah be, because because you're successful then he's a very low value man very 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 low value man uh, man um but what but what a lot of women think is um who are in your position are we because all these men feel emasculated from me i must try and uh you know be less or portray less successfulness in my life xyz and it's the worst thing you can do because if you do that, you're going to end up a low-value man. Whereas a high-value man will find that so attractive that you are ambitious, you're successful, you're intelligent. He'll find that super, super attractive. The only thing is, those kind of men are harder to find. But that's the kind of man you need to take your time and wait to get into a relationship with because he will push you on. He will make you feel um, proud of your achievements, not like you have to hide them. Is that a big problem for yourself when dating or not? A lot of guys feel intimidated. I'm going to be honest with you, not really. I have some friends that are in really? you know, equal positions that have that issue. Mm. The emasculated man, I'm very much in my balance between my masculine energy and my feminine energy. So yeah. I can run an empire by day. And then in my personal life or in my romantic life, I go into my feminine energy. But I've learned through tantric practices and kundalini and a lot of self-awareness throughout the years because that's the industry i'm in is spirituality and emotional development and psychotherapy so yeah with that i've identified those wounded masculine tendencies that i may have had in the past and i do believe that we attract what we're putting out there so like our electric and our magnetic field is you know, the law of resonance, what you are is what you attract, right? So if you're upset and low value or angry, you tend to bring back that energy to you. So personally, I don't really attract a lot of men anymore. Maybe when I was younger in my career that were yeah. jealous of my success. Mm. Um, the last few relationships I had, um, they were actually really proud of it. That's when good. That's awesome. I have identified which is a little bit different. And maybe women that aren't business women, but maybe they have like, um, they're in a lawyer or they're a physician or they're in some other type of um, career type of thing. And they live in a city. Yeah. That I feel like 
and this might have more to do with like the city cultures of like New York or LA, Chicago, Miami. I've lived in all of these areas is the choice factor is I've identified with my friends is like, okay, here's this beautiful woman. She's like the package, right? She's educated. She has Mm. a great heart. She has a great job or a career or a business. You know, she has, you know, her own home that she's like, you know, she's really taking care of herself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially. She's that package, right? And she might go and she meets other people like men dating, like through a dating app or, you know, colleagues or whatever it be. And it's like great connection, loved it. Let's do this again. But it draws out, they go on multiple dates, maybe like six to eight dates, but there's still like five other women. Like the choice factor from men these days, I feel like nobody's willing to like, be like, hey, I want to build something with this person that's going to be meaningful. It's like on to the next or there must be greener side somewhere else. Oh my so- goodness, us New-, us New York dating all over effectively, right? That's, that's, that's New York 101. Um, that is, does happen everywhere else in the world as well, but New York is rife for that. Um, but yeah, that whole choice factor is, you know what, actually, I think if, 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 if a guy is one of those guys who... Um, is indecisive about who you want to settle down with. Actually, I think it shows a lack of intelligence, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, every single intelligent guy I know will find a good woman or, or a good man or a good partner, or whoever, right? And they will settle down. They, 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 honestly, it's because, well, there's a study, I can't remember the name of the study. Um, people who see the short-term benefits over a long-term benefit, right? So they did a test and the test was about intelligence and people who were more intelligent always benef- uh, always went for long-term um, goals or long-term effects, whereas people who um, were less intelligent went for more instant gratification or um, things that like made them feel good instantly. So, like for example, they could um, if you wait if you can have a bit of chocolate now, or if you wait ten minutes, you have two bits of chocolate. You know, they have the chocolate now because it's instant. It's like the impulse sort of thing. Um, and that happens in dating a lot as well. So a guy would be like dating a, a, a real, real high value woman, really smart, intelligent, beautiful woman. And then they'd be like, okay, um, I have this other woman who is also, you know, pretty good. I will, uh, go see what goes with her. I don't really care how it works out with the other one. And what happens is they do that. And then eventually all these women be like, hang on a minute, you're doing this to all of us. And then they end up, um, stop dating him they stop dating this guy and then what he does he comes back and you know basically like goes oh it's good to see you again blah 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 and tries to rekindle those old flames it's because they're stupid i'll be completely blunt and honest with you it's because they're not intelligent um but all the intelligent guys know how good they got it there and then and they go okay i want to settle down because they know you know the companionship will be there the the love life will be bad the sex life will be better everything will be better if you if you work with the right person, the old saying goes, isn't it? The grass is greener where you water it, and most mm-hmm. of the time that is true. I love this. So walk me through, because how many um, women have you been able to help with dating? Like let's say even this this year, like what their dating life? Oh, countless. Um, I can't even give you the exact number. Loads and loads and loads. Um, I've I've had quite a few people get engaged and they're going to get married. Um, happened probably about the start of this year quite a few people actually um uh, i don't know why it's like a little engagement okay. boom i was like amazing <laughs> sounds great um but <laughs> i love it everybody yeah yeah without being without so, sounding too pompous yeah everyone does say like because it's just complete blunt blunt advice it's, it's very much so um i think a lot of dating dating coaching you need you need to know your psychology 100 percent there is a lot of intuition involved and there is a lot of common sense involved, you know. I think um, for myself, I, a lot of people think you should, um, again, like I said at the start, if you, if you, if you feel that, don't feel that connection, keep pushing it. No, not always. I think when you know, you know, and you should explore it. And you sh- if you don't feel that instant connection, then you can think they're a great friend, but you, you, you should move on to the next one because when you do know, you know. Like when I met my girlfriend, 
like we said, we, we, I just basically made it my girlfriend very fast. I think it was about a month and a half, but it was um, very fast and there's no doubt in your mind, you know? So I think it might sound a bit, bit um, obvious advice, but it's so true. Sometimes the hardest questions have the most simple answers. They really do. And if, if you feel it with somebody, go for it. If you don't, then don't pursue it. Um, but I think there's so much information out there these days. That's probably one of the biggest things uh, people get. So much information, they get confused. Whereas my dating coaching, I just simplify it for everybody, you know, because it makes it, it makes us less clutter in the mind. And this is what it should be like. And this is how you should be dating. And this is the result you're going to get. Well, then let's do it, Jacob. So... Okay. Here we go. Um, you know, use me as a guinea pig. I don't mind. Um, okay. I, you know, I'm single. You know my age. You know my situation, more or less. I've mm-hmm. done my healing, right? So, like, let's start our foundation strong because we shouldn't be in a relationship if we haven't worked on our, like, our healing and made sure that we're in a good, solid place. Yes. Yeah, so, like, solid foundation, right? You're in the city, right? Most of our like people that are going to be listening to us are in some type of city, whether it's the UK, you know, Sydney, you name it. There's somewhere in a city. Yeah. So um, we actually have a lot of people in France too, which I love that. Hey, so, what's up in France? <laughs> <laughs> the most romantic place. So with that, what is the play-by-play as far as like, okay, how are they going to go meet this person that's like-minded? Mm-hmm. What should that interaction be like? And then obviously every situation is different, but a general timeline, because even with you, you're like, it was pretty quick. So yep. let's start at like the basis is like, where am I meeting these like-minded people in a city that are healed and the right type of high quality that I'm looking for? Okay. Number one is you got to be, to be found, you've got to be seen. So you need to put yourself in different situations all the time, right? Um, if you have a preference, some people are like I don't like online dating. You need to get out. You need people need to get out of their head because you can meet the best person ever online. If you're online and somebody else like minded will be online. It will, there's millions of people on, on dating apps. So number one, I know people don't like it, but it's a great. You got to just basically filter through the people who ruin it for other people by saying some salacious comments to people. But um, Dating apps, number one. Then you need to put yourself put yourself on there. So that's what you need to do. On all the main dating apps as well. On put yourself on the date on the main dating apps. After that, then you want to be put yourself in situations where you can be seen physically. I always think embracing your hobbies is one of the best things you can do. So let's say, for example, you're a gym person. Go to the gym. Go to ex extra classes are amazing. I used to be a boxing coach um, back in the day as well. And the amount of people that were hooking up and dating each other in the day, in the boxing class was ridiculous, right? People people were always flirting and stuff because it's, you're in an environment, you're like-minded people, you're having fun, and, you know, it's just a good environment to be in. Uh, so embrace your hobbies is number two. Number three is use your friends as a good network to meet new people. Your friends are probably the best allies you have in your dating world. Let's say you have five friends and they have five friends of their own. Somebody somewhere is going to think, oh, okay, that person would match with my friends. Let's go for, um, you know, a meal while where you get like 10 people and let's get, you know, see how they interact with each other. If you start having friendship groups where you're all bouncing off each other like that, I guarantee you won't be single for very long, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if your, friend, if, you, if your friends are good people, then they should be friends of other good people, you know? Um, so that's what you need to do. You need to start embracing those sort of things. And I will... Club environments, if people go out in clubs, you can meet somebody good, but I'll be honest with you, it's quite rare um, because it's not always the right environment to you know meet, meet the right person. You can meet good people, but it's rare. But those are the three main ones I would say. And keep putting yourself out there on dates. If you have a particular type, do not limit yourself. Say, for example, if you like blondes, try somebody who's brunette, you know? Don't just stick to your to that one type because I guarantee once you meet the right person, your type might change. Mm. Um, once you do that, then you need to go. The main thing, this is like the main core of it. When you start dating, 
um, and you meet someone you really, really, really like on the first day, you're thinking, okay, this person is really cool. Stop physically dating other people. It's the biggest misconception that a lot of dating coaches put out there. You need to be dating multiple people at the same time. It's absolute rubbish, in my opinion. Um, date the one person, and then you can talk to other people until the third date, right? But if you like them, do not physically date anyone else. Just talk to them on the side, if that makes sense, and see if anything blossoms. And if you like them more, then you'll know. Um, as a third date, I would say then you need to have that conversation of, oh, um, just let you know, I've been asked another date. don't really want to go, so I'm enjoying dating you. Um, what do you think about just dating each other and seeing where it goes? Not saying be boyfriend or girlfriend yet, but just seeing where it goes. If they like you, they was like, yeah, not a problem, let's do it. Um, and then after about, maybe about a month and a half, two, three months absolute maximum, like maximum, you need to have that conversation, are we boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever. But are we going to into a official relationship? If they say no after three months, stop dating them. You're wasting your time. A lot of people, I speak to so many people who date people for like six months, nine months, a year, and it's not official. I'm like, if that person can't decide to be with you after that long, bin them off. There is, you're wasting your time. If someone can't make their mind up if they want to be with you after 100 days, what's the point of being with them? They are just completely wasting their time and they're keeping their options open until someone else comes along. So that's what I would say about the whole dating structure. Would you agree? I feel like a lot of what your underbelly is here is just the values. Like, yeah. With understanding like the beginning concept, you said three things is, okay, we're going to embrace our hobbies. This is not about anybody but you, right? These are your hobbies, right? These are I'm your sorry. values. This is what's yep. important to you, right? And then you said the dating apps, right? Well, if we go on a dating app, I don't know if I completely agree with like being on all of them, just because that's a lot of time. And I don't know, like me personally, I don't know if I can be on six dating apps and be able to handle that. Oh no, that's a value I would say about three max, about three, about three max, six is too much. Yeah, <laughs> That's a lot of apps. So I don't even know if I know three and you want six. <laughs> that was, yeah, so six is too many. So with that, like, but when you go on a dating app, though, you're still showing your values because you have preferences. And if you invested yeah. like actual money, because a lot of apps actually cost money these days. They're not just like, you know, circa 2000 when everything was free. Mm. So with that, like you put a lot of preferences in there. They even have like zodiac signs in there and they have, you know, height, of course, and distance and things of that nature. So you're really showing a lot of what your values are when you go on a dating app. And I kind of want to put that, you know, a little bit of a pin in that one for a moment. And then the last one was your friends, like your friends reveal your values all the time. If you're the type of person that likes to go out partying, then your friends are going to like that. And that's what you're going to end up doing. Right. 100%. But a lot of my friends are also entrepreneurs. So we're going to things like masterminds and we're going to like networking events and we're doing more things that are in accordance to our values. So 100%. So, so if your friends like that, they're going to know other people like you, right? Well, hopefully anyway. And then they'd be like, oh, a little introduction. I, I, think, I think social gatherings of friends is easily the best way to meet like-minded people, like who you end up dating. How many times have you heard people say, oh, we met for a friend? Happens so often, doesn't it? Because psychology of that is quite simple, really. Because like it's a bit evolutionary psychology. Because they're already part of the tribe. You know, your your mm -hmm. friend accepted them as part of the tribe. You come in, okay, you're part of your friend's tribe. Okay, there's matches two together. Honestly, it's just evolutionary psychology, and it's so much easier uh, for people to fall for people who are already part of their friend's tribe. Because again, because they, you know, it's just it's just. We are, our, we, our brains are calibrated to know 50 people quite effectively, right? And that's kind of like one of those people who your friends know. So it's, um, that's, that's probably the most successful rate, in my opinion, from what I've come across if we met for a friend. Stuff like that. So that's like number one out of mm. the three then. So yeah, I would say it's number one. The hobbies is number two, but dating apps, 
people people hate on dating apps too much i, I the dating apps are amazing when they're going amazing right but a lot what a lot of people do i think it's a very human nature thing to do is hyper fixate on the negative um instead of embracing the positive a lot of people hyper fixate on the negative like this guy sent me uh you know uh uh a salacious picture of his uh, area and it's, it's not it's not good right um but let's be honest that's not everybody but our brain will think okay this happened to me today that was very unpleasant but i had a real good conversation with this other person people don't think that last one they think about the mm. first one because it's more it, it brings out a higher emotion of shock like a higher emotion of like disgust as opposed to oh i had a pleasant conversation with this person let's see where it goes um so that's why so just because you beat five bad people in dating app don't let it ruin for the person who could be great for you who's the next swipe away now i want to graduate a little bit out of like the meeting them and transfer into okay i've got you know one person that i'm dating as you said you're like focus on this one physically maybe be talking to the other one, but like you're physically dating this person for a couple of dates, right? Yeah. So in that area, I feel like values also come up again because there is a place, especially in big cities where sexuality, like they might wanna have sex on like the second date or the third date, and that might disagree with your values or they might um, come off and like, they start to just have some disagreements as far as like, what do they want for their future? Do they want to have a family? Do they want to have kids? Do they want to live, you know, in a city for their whole lives? So you can get into that rabbit hole of compromising your values during that stage, especially in women that are in the age group that you help a lot, where they're like, they're on a time clock biologically, if they want to have kids. Or maybe all of their friends are married, but they're not married yet. So there's a lot of pressure there. How it's really interesting. Sorry. Keep our values there. That's really yeah. interesting to bring this up because I was on TikTok Live the other day and someone was asking me a question. Like, I, uh, they said, I'm 30. I feel like I'm past it. I'm like, you're, you, no, you're insane if you think that you are not past it at all. Like, at all. I mean, I, I, I talked to a lot of women who were like, you know, 30 years old. And they're like, I feel like all these guys want, you know, younger women, blah, blah, blah. It's rubbish. It's absolutely rubbish. Um, It's because like social media or whatever has been pumping in. um, Oh, men want younger women. But it's always delivered by uh, masochists who are saying it. It's never delivered by like someone who's educated and, you know, has like good moral compass. It's always delivered by someone who's an idiot, effectively. And like, yeah, guys who are 35 and you want to get a woman who's 22. What a crap. Absolutely crap. Um, so if, if, you, if, if you're listening to this and you're a woman, like, you know, you feel like your biological clock, clock is ticking, ignore what anyone's saying. Ignore it. Take your time still to find the right person. So I guarantee if you have a kid with the wrong person, your life is going to be made 1,000 times harder Right. If you have a if you have a child with a, with a guy who, um, is just a, basically a crap dad who stresses you out, your life's gonna be hard. If you take your time, and let's say you're 35 and you meet the right person at 38, you have a kid. Great, you're gonna have a much more comfortable life because you waited instead of just rushing because you feel like your biological clock is ticking and having a kid at 35 with somebody because you compromised your values. Worst mistake you can do, and I've seen it happen a million times, and the result is always the same. Always the same. Um, So never compromise your values whatsoever. Never. The right person won't make you compromise your values. They won't. What I will say for this, if if you're in a city, like you said about sexuality, and let's say a guy, let's say a woman listens to this, and a guy says to you, uh, I want to have sex on a second date. Don't see him again. It's done. It's finished. There's no point. That guy is seeing you as a quick bang, and that's it. If the only reason he's asking you on a second date for sex is because he was trying to dupe you into thinking that he's a different guy instead of asking you the first date. A gentleman will wait a free date minimum to even invite you back to his house, right? Minimum. If he invites you back sooner than that, he's compartmentalized you 
into somebody he can get quick sets off. That's it, right? So three dates minimum to have set somebody because you want that person to emotionally invest in you so they feel like because they've had an investment, they actually want to see it through a bit more because they are emotionally attached to you. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a real big topic I come across a lot of the time, actually, a lot of the time. Have you ever had somebody try to make you compromise your own values before or not? All the time. That's my favorite game, I guess, at this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Making fun of it, right? Like this, you have to. Like, I'm the type of person that, you know, let's say you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you slept in, you know, your alarm mm. didn't go off, you know, your coffee spelt on your way on the work. Like, I'm the type of person that after, like, the third thing, I'm just laughing my way through because it's like you either laugh or you cry, right? And I'm just yeah, going to, like, true. you know the experience is define how I'm feeling. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to, you know, like just flow. I'm a very flow type of person instead of a fight type of person because my Good. emotions, my happiness don't really depend on my situations. And so that's with that, yeah, I was like, that's a lot of emotional growth I've been able to build up. So, and that's what I teach whenever I'm coaching with the emotional health. Nonetheless. Mm. So quite stoic then. If you will. Oh, yeah. Well, like when you've had everything taken away from you and yeah. you've had to really like go deep into that trenches, you really get to have a clean slate and get to decide, you know, the worst has already happened, right? So 100%. everything from here is just like golden ticket. But 100%. I would say, of course it happens. And I'm not the exception. I'm the rule. Men in general want to see where your boundaries are as women. And there's a difference between being a woman and being, you know, a young girl, right? Some yeah. of these women, they go through so much, but they don't have to, but they haven't learned how to love themselves to the correct degree for them to be able to have these boundaries, be able to have these standards. But even a woman that has gone through it and has decided, these are my values, these are my standards, this is what I will tolerate, this is what I won't tolerate, it's got to get challenged. It just, it's a fact. Unless you disagree with me. So. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I, do, I, I do agree 98% of it, 100%. But I will say there are exceptions okay. to the rule where a good guy won't, he won't push your boundaries. He will just respect it, right? Um, but a lot of guys do try and push it because they want to see what they get. Those aren't the kind of guys you want to date. Let's say, for example, you've got guy A who's dating you and guy B. Guy A is just trying to push for sex, right? All the time, trying to push a boundary, see where he's at. Guy B would be like, oh, don't worry about it, I'm not that bothered. Like, if you do, you know, that's fine. Uh, if you say no, it's all good. You're going to want to settle down with Guy B. If you say, for example, um, oh, I won't be alone today, I've had a tough day at work, I want to relax. And you're like, yeah. He's like, yeah, not a problem, that's cool. Whereas Guy A be like, no, no, come over, let's have sex. You'd be like, I don't want to have sex with you, but you'll be more inclined to have sex with Guy B anyway because he's not pressurizing you into anything, right? Um, so I do, yeah, to a degree, I think one of the best bit of advice that I can give to anyone who feels like they're in that position, actually, for anyone listening, is when you're dating, have the buyer mentality, not the seller mentality. If you go into a dating situation thinking, I need to make myself in a certain way so this person wants me, I'm going to basically sell myself to this person going, um, oh, like me, like me, I'll do anything you say or whatever, right? Or I'll compromise my values you're going to end up in a rubbish situation. Whereas if you take your, you know, if you go into a situation with a buyer mentality on a date thinking, what's this person bring to the table for me? Um, is this person going to push my boundaries? Is this person going to try and like, you know, um, push and see how far they, 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 they can get with me? Uh, are they fun? Are they exciting? I'm not going to sell myself to them in a way like that. I guarantee your dating life will be thousand times easier and if that person doesn't fit that category don't waste your time with them i honestly i think it's like the way i've been brought up as well my, my, my dad's very um old school with a lot of things and he would never put me you know he would never accept it like if i said oh i i um you know was trying to push a woman into doing something like this do you know what i mean since every way grown up it, it just it, it absolutely bollocked me to the no end so it's kind of there, like, I think it's instilled into people really early on to, like, not be like that and push people to do things they don't want to do, especially in, like, that category, 100%. So I think if, if you're dating anyone like that, 
what, what do you do? Do you just, if they start pushing you for sex, you just like not interested and just bin them off. Is that what you do? I'm very upfront. And I feel like this is important for women as well is I'm a bit more direct in my dating life yep. than others. And so I'm very much like, okay, I'm at the stage of my life where I'm ready for a commitment. I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to find my person, my partner. And eventually over the next, you know, half decade to decade, develop a family, you know, be married, have yeah. children, right? That's where I'm at in my current stage of life. So I'm very upfront, maybe even before date one, like I'm very much like, this is where I'm at. It's okay if this doesn't match you. It's okay if you are, you know, in your travel stage or if you are working on your career, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a player. It just means you have different priorities, right? So hmm. I'm very upfront and I'm also very upfront when it comes to my personal boundaries as, okay, yeah. I'm not somebody that um, can sleep with people outside of relationships. I just That's never good, been so. that person. Like I don't judge anybody that is more sexually in their freedom. That's their personality. That's their choice. That's their right. Hmm. Right. You have an access, you have that right. I personally can't do that. I require not just an emotional connection and an intellectual connection with somebody before I can give a physical connection. I also require a spiritual connection. So I can be a little bit complicated like that, but I'm very upfront with it. I, I feel like fantastic. a lot of women can't do that because they are in that seller mentality of like, I'm on the clock and you know, there's all this competition out here. Like Miami women are gorgeous. You said you've been here, like they're gorgeous down here. So mm. like, if it's all about physical attraction for a guy, then I swear they're gonna have like a lineup, right? It's just the, the culture down here, it's very physically aesthetic. So versus New York, it might be different. New York, it might be what who has a better career, right? It's like, who's, you know, accomplishing the most goals. So nonetheless, I was very direct. I feel like a lot of women aren't that way. That doesn't necessarily backfire on me though, because I weed out a lot of people early on to where I might not make it to the second or the third date just because the values don't match. See, I think that's good that you have that mentality of you're more dismissive if they don't, you know, come, you know, say anything like, you know, that doesn't match your values. The only thing I would say to change a little bit, obviously you do whatever you want in your life. The only thing I would say is um, don't tell people this at the very, very, very start because you, cause you're, gave, you're giving them a blueprint. They can, they can dupe you a little bit, right? You want to see that person naturally deliver that if it's in their, in their mentality anyway. So if you're saying, I'm looking for X, Y, Z, right? Which is good. I think on your like, let's say dating app profile, for example, you should have looking for a relationship. That's all you got to put because they know what you're looking for. Then, but if you say I'm looking mm -hmm. to settle down with family and this and this and that, they'd be like, if it's a guy who is just there for sex, he knows exactly what to say. Then he knows exactly what to say to try and fool fool you into you know thinking that he's a good guy. Whereas if you don't say that and just let the personality come through naturally on the first maybe date or two, then you will know his true intentions without you telling him what to say. Does that make sense to you? It does. I want to add one more layer to it though. Okay. Because this is a spirituality podcast, right? Absolutely. A woman, a woman in her divine feminine power, like her full mm -hmm. divine feminine power has a very strong intuition. I agree. hundred percent. So, and that intuition has my, my intuition, I will even say has made better love, business and personal relationships of all sorts than my logical mind ever has. So I can agree with you because I've heard that advice before is like, don't reveal all the cards up at front. Okay. I can be vulnerable and I can be like, Hey, these are my cards, right? Yeah. But just because you are revealing or you're showing you're being honest or upfront with your cards doesn't mean that you're giving them the gateway as much or even the blueprint, my personal opinion, because it's your job also to make sure they don't walk through the building without you making sure they went through security. And my security is my intuition. 
That's a good that's a good analogy to put it. But I would say is let's say your spiritually or your intuition is quite advanced, right? Let's say you you, you understand your intuition well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might just be on the brand new um, understanding of understanding their own feelings, their own intuition. I think that if somebody let's say let's put in levels, if you will, let's make it like levels. Let's say you got like a level ten level ten manipulator, right? Really good at it. Because okay, yeah. Let's say, let's say you've got level 10 minute player and you've got someone who's like level five, for example, at understanding their intuition or understanding their gut instinct, right? And then setting their boundaries. And that manipulator, no matter what you say, if you reveal your cards, that manipulator can do whatever he wants to, but not, he can't do whatever he wants, but he can try and do whatever he wants because he has the cards to know how to win you over, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people won't be able to see that. So, Let's say, for example, good job I'm a good guy and not a bad bloke because I could, you know, say if I wanted to manipulate somebody in a bad way, I wouldn't know how to do it. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not anything special. I just know a lot of psychology, but luckily I wouldn't ever use that. But there's a lot of guys out there who know just as much psychology as me who would use it for bad, you know, and know how to manipulate. So, but if you don't show them your cards early on, they can't do that to you because they're just, but they can, but... Um, they're less likely to, but if you're basically making it easier for them if you do give them your cards. Just because you might be really good at you know, reading people doesn't mean everybody else is really good at reading people. So you've got to have like a little bit of a firewall there to protect themselves from people um, and let people expose themselves. I, the thing is, like, I always think there will be like cracks in the armor if you don't reveal too much, whereas people can put a mask on and, and fall into... The narrative that you want them to play or you wish them to play so uh, i would always say be very careful and like all the time in this area i think the, your heart is a very delicate thing and you don't want anybody you want to protect that you don't want you do not want to fall into a situation where when you're with a bad person when you could have prevented it i agree with that i feel like yeah an extra layer of that firewall or what i call the gateway is And this is something I do is when my intuition for whatever reason is wavering or I'm like, Mm. okay, logically I want this or the heart wants this. And the intuition is like, no, I just go slower. That's good. That's That's, fantastic. That's my best advice for anybody is when you, maybe it's not even with intuition. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm not sure. We hear that a lot with men and avoidant personalities in general. Not not even just men, but just avoidant personalities. Mm. I'm not sure. I don't know what to do. Like that freak, like freeze flight type of mode. Just go slower. Like Yeah, I like agree you with mentioned that. earlier. Yeah, definitely. Don't you know, like there's no rush. Like if you're feeling that pressure or you're unsure or you're getting that feeling of what's called the red flags, right? Just go slower mm. and you'll be fine. And so yeah I, I agree i agree i think like sometimes like removing yourself from a situation as let's say for example you get a text and you're thinking what does that mean you know instead of instantly replying to it and make a mistake reply a half hour later take a bit more time think about what that text means what it says i think like um what you make a really good point like if your intuition is going off um take the time and slow down because is it your intuition going off or is it for example like um an intrusive thought that you're having that's related to your past relationship coming into your mind. Let's say, for example, about trust, for example, I can't trust them because they might be talking to other women. Is that an intrusive thought you're having mm-hmm. about that from anxiety? Or is it your intuition actually saying, something doesn't feel right here and it's not anxiety. I'm just getting a weird feeling about this person. I'll tell you what, my whole life, so I would say more so like in uh, business, for example, I was very naive when I was younger very very stupid and naive right and i used to have like um intuition like little uh little niggles in my head like that doesn't feel right you know that person feels a bit sneaky to me i can't put my finger on what is and i ignored it i ignored it and i made a lot of mistakes when i was younger in that category i made some like silly you know dumb moves where i was there like oh if i did that i would have made end up making more money do you know what I mean? Instead of like losing money. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of there like, now the older I get, I've learned to trust that gut instinct and never ignore that little intuition, that little niggle in your head because it's never, ever wrong, ever. And I'll tell you what, I haven't been wrong since 
Um, I started understanding that is so important. Never. And like, even when I'm talking to people on a social aspect, if I feel a little bit off about them, I am never wrong about that ever anymore. So I'm sure you have exactly the same experiences. Oh, yes. I choose when I get to choose who gets to come on the podcast, because I don't always get to choose. Like, it's immediately like, I want that person. And like, <laughs> it's just all in me, like, you know, channeling through from crown chakra to root chakra. It's like, I want that person on the show. And I'll go back to the team and they'll be like, why? And I'm like, they have something to say that's going to be valuable and someone's going to need to hear it. Right. Yeah. And, but it works both ways. I've had people who are like, I'm not so sure this is the right fit. Like, and they're like, no, this is going to be great. You know, like they, you know, speak about this and they have this book or they have this story. And I'm like, mm. something feels wrong. Right. And so, um, I'm right there with you is when I really took off in business was not when I was operating in my masculine, but when I finally let my feminine energy, my intuition energy come into yeah. the situation and into, into the room that I actually started leveling up quicker. So that's a whole different podcast though, Jacob. <laughs> I'll I, I tell you what though, all, all top, like all top business people we listen to do say, um trust your gut instinct uh, there's not one that doesn't say that like all the billionaires millionaires they all go trust your gut instinct really random um, a bit of a tangent but let's say my videos for example the videos that went really big on tiktok or instagram ones that went viral basically on tiktok it was really weird because i have a list of like it, I, you wouldn't believe it's, it's stupid how, much, how long my list is for like the amount of videos i have to make but i will the big big ones I always have like a little bolt of energy that go into my head like i need to make a video about this as I'll be sat there watching telly or eating dinner or whatever. I'm like, that's a really good video. Then I'll write it down on my phone and then be like, okay, mm -hmm. make that one later. And that's always the ones that do the biggest. It's just a weird, like, spike of, like, energy. It goes into my mind. I'm like, why? It's like it's, like it's not me doing it. If that makes sense, here's an idea. Go for it. Really weird. I love it. And, in fact, mm. I'm going to ask you one more question because I okay. know our time is running out. This is going to be like a power play question. And I'm not okay. sure anybody's ever asked you as a dating coach. Okay. But what is your number one piece of advice for people that are dating that they can do to utilize their intuition in their dating life? Ooh. Um, reword that for me a little bit so I know a bit more okay. what you mean if you can. So your number one piece of advice when people are dating to be able mm -hmm. to trust their intuition in their dating life. I would say how do they one, get out of their head and get into their intuition? I would say for that one, if let's say for example, your intuition is going off about something, right? I would say look back in your past and, and, recognize every time you ignored your intuition and how it ended up working out for you that's what i would say to that one because i guarantee when you ignored your intuition it went wrong but if you if you start listening and then you have proof that it went wrong when you didn't listen to that like gut instinct but that should be evidence enough for you to then trust it moving forward is that a good answer Oh, it's a great answer. I'll take it. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. So Jacob, tell us how we can find you, um, your Instagram, your social, and then what's your number one project that you're working on right now? Uh, so anyone listening, want to watch more of my content um, is TikTok and Instagram at JacobLucas101. Um, and next project I'm working on I don't really, honestly, I, I've got like a few plates spinning at the minute. So obviously building the clients up. Um, I'm currently writing my second book as well. Um, so I admit with clients, I'm getting like chocolate blocks, super busy. So I'm just trying to like, you know, manage that if that makes sense. Like try and make more time in the day um, whilst building up at the same time. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky task. But yeah, so writing my second book as well 
which is uh which is really good the first one did really well actually people loved it and i got a lot of people literally within the first like weeks and we got another one coming out it's like okay wicked so i'm doing that at the minute but um it takes a long time to write a book a very very long time um you said you, you you're you're an author yourself aren't you mm-hmm. i've written six it's- <laughs> six oh, I, tell, I, couldn't, I couldn't do six couldn't do six Na- i'll tell you what writing a book is it it's knackering absolutely knackering isn't it like it feels like once you've done it you're like okay i'm never doing that again that took like it took me six months i was like not doing that again it's too much work and then about mm-hmm. a month later like i should do another one like i'm like okay um but yeah six is a lot what, what, what motivated you to write so much was it just like you felt like you had to um, in the words of Alexander Hamilton, I write like I'm running out of time. That's good. Yeah. That's a good quote. I like that. Right, like I'm running out of time. That's All awesome. right, Jacob. So I'm going to um, highlight, of course, your Instagram and your TikTok. It's going to be on all of our social media pages and our email list, of course. But it's been delightful talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been awesome. It's been a good conversation. Thank you so much for having me.